Happy Wednesday, people. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. <sighs> How are you? I am directionally well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for all those who don't know Mark, that's not good. Like, that's not <laughs> directionally well means that like he's not great, but working through it. That's exactly true. <laughs> that is that is exactly true. What's going on? Work, being tired, all of it. Yeah, everything? all of the above. I'm like I'm trying to I'm trying to like ingest a little bit less current events. And the amazing thing is, even though I'm ingesting less, like the amount of <laughs> shit is still like overwhelming. Mark, <sighs> baby, I like I I I can't not like <laughs> actually read up and then you know when i see people talking about succession or secession mark my my advice to you that you didn't ask for but i am allowed to give you unsolicited advice because what else are the perks of being a wife um you really, really need to lean into some self-care practices that have nothing to do with working out. Like, give me, give me an example. Give me, uh, like, what do you think a good okay. self-practice right. now, practice for me? Would I'm be? gonna other like, than sleeping. I'm, <laughs> which I would agree with you. Okay, well, that is certainly one. Okay, I think you um, would certainly benefit from. Oh wait, hold on, I need to fix my microphone. I think you would certainly benefit from taking some naps. I've said this to you. Certainly on the weekends, I understand that the weekdays are much harder because you have lots of other things to do. But certainly on the weekends, I would love to see you take some naps. I would also love to see you uh, ask for help (laughs) when you need it. That's crazy talk. I would also love to see you not pick up your phone and check your slack as soon as you wake up, okay? Uh, you are like, in some ways, the perfect example of everything one should not do in order to <laughs> prioritize their well-being, okay? Get off your phone in the morning. At least drink a cup of coffee. My, if you're interested, my... Um, <laughs> My sleep do not disturb. Yes, babe. It stays on until 7.45. That's amazing. And I have trained myself to not touch it until it naturally comes off, unless, like, obviously there's something I need to do on my phone, but it is not a time for checking emails and social media, so I would love if you stay the fuck off of your phone. I I think that is fantastic advice. I do have an answer to it, but I'm just going to... I think your answer is probably going to be stupid. True. So I'm going to agree with you. Also, you, this is a little bit less, but certainly like don't scroll before bed. Yeah. And I've been pretty good about You've that. You've definitely been, yeah. been better about that yeah. because that's also like the only time we have to be like a couple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, I think you're doing wonderful with hydration. Thank you. I think you're doing better with nutrition. Thank you. Workouts never seem to be a problem with you. It's like sometimes you lose time because things happen. But I would I would just love for you to take care of yourself in small, quiet ways a little bit more. Maybe a meditation, maybe a daily walk, you know. Yeah, those, I got you. those sorts of I think those are all great pieces of advice that don't have anything to do with how maddening our world is yes yeah i i would agree with you so i think it burns you i think current events burn you out i i but here's the weird thing right they they didn't used to and i think the (laughs) difference is fucking oblivious yeah i well that's the thing right we're not married to a black woman number (laughs) one you didn't have a black child number two you have voted Republican in your life, number three. Okay, this is shall true. I that, go on? That, no, this is all true, <laughs> and I think I think that is that is the amazing thing, which is you know as as incredibly beautiful that my, that my our life is. Mm-hmm. It has further exposed me to the incredible ridiculousness that yeah 
um, goes on in our country and how it affects you and our son and our friends and, and you and me and me but like yeah. but that's but that's the thing I think you know I had such a level of extreme optimism and deep rooted belief that um, people were actually better than they they actually are yeah I think that's the it's a um, it's an interesting and versus or right because we what we have seen since 2016 has definitely even for me been very surprising in a lot of ways and i know I, and i can like picture certain folks um in my instagram community of of black people being like literally nothing is surprising right and yes. so that is my privilege that i acknowledge that things have happened that have been surprising that have been shocking to me even as a black person and and it's a and it's an and um, because in many ways I've never seen such awful human behavior, and then in other ways I've never seen so many people rise up and speak out and go out on a limb and be willing to learn and be willing to unlearn and folks that have attended events that I've put on and that people in my community have put on like there is you know there's a there is an opposite force right that's like working for good yes of like compassionate beautiful empathetic people and the negative always drowns out the positive because that's the way algorithms work right they capitalize on our anger on on clickbait and and so you don't always you don't always get to see the good stuff or the good news. And that's just kind of unfortunate. And that's, you know, part of why to bring it back. Part of why I do want you to s stay off your phone a little bit more is because like your, your algorithm, right, is giving you what you said you wanted. And it's not the best thing for you all day long. I, I think that is... A hundred percent. You need to follow some puppies or something. I, I follow you around. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's okay. Well, yes, that, you that, you do. That, that's, um, that's, and I love it. Yes. Um, hey, so now that I've like told all your business and like, you know, made some suggestions <laughs> for <laughs> now that I'm your life coach, uh, got a weekend certification. Um, what's your pet peeve? <laughs> it's the little freaking oh. stickers that they put on like fruit and and i like i know it's you know because of point of sale progress and all this oh bullshit but like trying to peel them off without like digging your fingers into the fruit is a is is not okay right <laughs> like back in the day when i was a cashier well, I have a little stickers. I, I had to look at the piece of fruit and know what piece of fruit it was and then ring it in. Okay. Well, I'm sure in like the 1800s when you were a teenager <laughs> working at the grocery store, there was probably like one type of apple and uh, non-organic bananas. And like there's, there's a <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry to the 50 plus crowd. <laughs> um, no, but there are lots of different kinds of produce okay and sometimes I will bring up I don't know we don't really buy anything super exotic but sometimes I bring things and the cashier is like what's this and I'm like it's a fucking cucumber I like you know <laughs> so it's just my advice to you <laughs> would be peel the sticker off before the fruit is wet is it, is Before it you have washed is it, is it, it work better than? yeah, peel it off while the fruit is dry. It's like any kind of sticker, right? Like you you wet Maybe a I sticker and then like the adhesive cut, cut fruit. Maybe that's what I should do. I just won't buy whole fruit anymore. It's seven thousand dollars for cut fruit. Okay, and we're already our grocery bill is off. Then you know what you do, you okay? <laughs> you do you. The like you can barely keep up with the meal prep duties as it is so uh, you can also 
use the um, the produce brush to get the adhesive off. I have all the tips and tricks. It's fair. Maybe a little vinegar. I don't know. Baby, what is your pet peeve today? Okay. You know, it's always a story. Brace yourselves, everyone. <laughs> it's, it can never be simple. But I'm going to try to distill it down. Okay. We take a spin class every Saturday at the oh, gym. Oh, yes. Um, and it's it's rhythm riding and choreo, the, you know, the same as like your soul cycles of the world, right? Um, and we enjoy it. We love it. Do I think that this instructor is like the best instructor ever? No, but the music's great. It's like very millennial centric, like all the all the jams from the 2010s. Um, and, and we get to do it together, right? And it's Saturday at like 10 a.m. And it's, it's great. Um, now what has been annoying me for the past couple of weeks is the, uh, arms songs. Okay. So again, if you, if you have been to like the soul cycles of the world, there's always a section where you do arm exercises with light weights why this exists, I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. Now that I've kind of like am not drinking the Kool-Aid anymore, I'm like, this is actually stupid. It's just a novelty. If we're in a spin class, we should just we should just ride. Right. We should just ride the bike. And then if you want to lift weights, get off the bike and go do like go lift weights somewhere else. Because the four minutes that you're doing bicep curls with two pound weights is really not doing anything. But but people believe it is. People believe it is. And that's the that's the it's tragic thing. But great. Yes, like, but yeah, yes. yeah. You're you're toning your arms. Great. Okay. So her arm section is just stupid. That was that that was like my first it's You mean her her shoulder section is what you really yeah, mean. Cause, right? Yeah, because it's right. basically all shoulders yeah. and it's it just doesn't make any sense. Um, why burn out someone's shoulders for four minutes uh, just doing presses or just holding the weights above your head? It's just unimaginative. It's stupid. But this past Saturday, she topped herself, my friends, um, by one, playing a song with the N-word in it. Yeah. And two, uh, on two different occasions, she talked about how... It should hurt. She used the word hurt. What in the fuck in 2023, with as much as we know, your workout should not hurt. You should never be in pain. What? It might be uncomfortable. It might burn. burn. It might, like, there are so many other ways to tell someone to uh, push closer to their edge. Right. Or to be uncomfortable, or to lean into that, without using the word "hurt" or any of its, you know, synonyms—pain, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. It just crawled under my skin. So obviously, I drafted an email, and I sat on it to make sure that it wasn't just an angry reaction. But no, um, both are true. I'm not going to put her stupid arm series in the email because no, that's, that's not that big of a deal. It's my personal preference. But to use the word hurt, absolutely not. And to use and to play the N word, absolutely not. But, but it wasn't. Yeah, I, so it, you're spot on. And, and I think the thing that, you know, especially caught me off guard the second time she used it is she kind of attached it to shame as well, right? Yes. She's like... If it doesn't hurt, yep. you're not doing it right. Yep. Which was mind blowing to it your was point. Mi- it, in, in, it really in this was. day and age. That's like a nineteen eighty two like mindset. Yeah. No right? pain, no gain. We know better. Yeah. She should know better. It was a white woman, obviously. <laughs> right? Like which which adds another layer to it. And I say that because There is, I mean, like y'all can Google, and if you're listening to this podcast, like you probably have some idea of what I mean when I say that, but this idea that um, 
why women can get away with things, why women can sort of, you know, fly under the radar in terms of like what they say and what they do and, and then um, who, you know, yet still getting the right to comfort and still receiving the benefit of the doubt while also doing harm. It just, the whole picture of it just, you know, it fucked me up. So anyway, today we want to revisit the idea of critical conversations. I can't remember exactly which episode we talked about that, but in our sort of understanding of the world and people as we are right now in 2023, it's been interesting to watch what resonates with folks in terms of how do we how do we come together? How do you get people to come onto your side? And I'm, I I look at it as anti, like from an anti racist lens, obviously. But I know what what you're uh, no, say. I, I I agree with everything you said. I was just going to react to one thing because you yeah. you made two points that yeah. aren't always the same point. So what? the first point you made was how do you get people to come together? Yeah. And the second point was. How do you get people on your side? Yeah. And coming together is not always bringing people to your side. That's actually a really good point. Yep. That's actually a really good point. I look at (laughs) the people. (laughs) Now I'm going to sound like an asshole. The people that I want (laughs) to come together with do agree with me, though. (laughs) 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 On these, like, (laughs) fundamental, I don't mean, like, you know. If your peanut butter and jelly is cut square versus diagonal, right? But like on these like fundamental issues of like human rights and things like that. Right. No, like like coming together is also not being on my side, but like agreeing with me. (laughs) So sorry. (laughs) But but I think this is what (laughs) this is what makes it so hard and why the topic of critical conversations is so necessary. Because again, if we go back to like my directionally okay message and like the why behind it like foundationally what we watch and witness happen on a daily basis is people only talking in echo chambers to the individuals that they want to continue to pull on their side and there is no coming together there is no reconciliation now clearly like obviously i think there are groups including us that are more right than others for a whole host of reasons. For sure. For but, sure. But the but the way you have to like break that down is to find some some type of commonality. And when it comes to if you believe that everyone at their core has some good in them, mm-hmm. then I think, you know, the opportunity is how do you suss that piece out? Yeah. And inspire that piece to hopefully then right change the lens where you can learn something and then obviously teach them something in the process as well I think that you know I think that's that's always great advice to try to look for something right I'm imagining you know Zion is still too young but I'm imagining all the kinds of different families and different sets of parents that have to come together on a soccer field or whatever, right? As you're watching your kids, right? You, you come from this place of, you want your kids to do well. You want them to be safe. You want them to win. You're cheering everybody on, right? Even if the person standing next to you is a complete asshole for a number of reasons, right? For me, just thinking about the labor of a black woman, right? I... I try to make it a little bit easier on myself than that at this stage of my life, right? Like, you know, we're always learning. But for me, I try to look for the cracks or the, the open windows, right? So there are certain people who we are on such opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, I'm not even going to fucking try. Like the door shut. You feel how you feel. I'm not going to get any arguments with anybody. I'm not going to, I'm I'm not going to ever get to a place where I feel like my safety might be threatened, right? There's like mm-hmm. yeah, there's a boundary that I won't cross. Yep. And I feel like there are other people who can do that work. Yeah. Right? My work is I look for the cracks. I look for the moments where 
or the people where there's just like a little bit of an open heart, a little bit of an open mind, and maybe they just like don't have the same information that I have. Maybe they don't follow the same people that I follow. Maybe um, I'm the first black person that they've ever formed a relationship with. And like then I can, I feel like I can start to not by doing anything other than just being myself, right? But, but if someone's already open to it, I'm going in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think, I think that's really good advice. And I think, you know, I, I used to have this opinion, I obviously still do at some level, that every individual has something to teach you. Yes, I agree. Right? But I also think that a little bit of the flip that we have to kind of go through, especially where we are right now, is it's not always about what you learn. Oftentimes it's about like what you unlearn, right? How do you, because that's where the bias starts getting stripped away, right? Going back to its purest form. Yeah. Like so much of the shit is based on things that we were exposed to, our environment, our families, our friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like things that went sideways for us. So then we, we struck an opinion about a particular class of individual or a particular person or whatever it might be. And, and that's what we need to kind of strip away in order to go back to our core, which is we're fundamentally good people right. who exist on this earth to serve each other, not just, just ourselves. I agree with that. I, you know, speaking of unlearning, I feel like, so listeners, hi. <laughs> um, we kind of had like three sort of main, main ways that we look at cultivating these I mean, we're calling them critical conversations, but what it really is 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 about establishing trust and establishing a rapport so that you can be open enough to have a conversation. Like everything for me, all of these buzzwords that we talk about, compassion, empathy, vulnerability, um, trust, truth, authenticity, all these kinds of things – even though they're all different, I feel like they're all needed and necessary in order to have a relationship with another human being because we're all, we're all coming from different places, right? So like on, on the most basic level, um, if you're, if you're not open, the other person can't possibly trust that you'll hold space for their truth. And where they come from, and so there's got to be, there's got to be respect and openness on both sides. Why are you looking at me like no, that? No, you're making me really think because I, I think about the journey that you've taken and how much trust you have earned in communities, and that's allowed you to use that trust to then evolve conversations and thought patterns to a completely different level, right? Yeah. But the trust didn't start in the space where we're talking about racism or talking about injustice or talking about anything. It just started in a room where all those people in the room had a common enemy, which from their perspective is whatever, right? Apathy or, you know, the, the, you know, daily grind or whatever it would be. They go into the room and they're looking for something more and you serve that up and made a connection. And over time, they trusted you. And then you were, you were able to kind of completely change the narrative for a lot of those people. And I'm just wondering if there's a pattern there, which is, you know, in the areas where we have the most challenge in critical conversations, whether it be with our family relationships or in work, mm-hmm. do we look for like spaces that have nothing to do with where that frustration is to first kind of well, that's establish really, that. That's right? actually a really interesting thought. This cat is getting on my nerves. Yeah, I know. Um, we're not giving you any food anymore. The day's done. The kitchen is closed. Um, that's a really interesting thought because, because okay, so people m- meet me in a fitness class and, you know, that's one window in. But then there are people who are introduced to me online when I am talking about racist racist things and things and so I don't know I I I think that it depends for me it depends because I also wouldn't want to be 
anything other than authentic. So like in my brain, I'm not thinking, oh, well, let me like dodge the thing that I really want to talk about so that maybe I can garner trust that way. It's like, no, fuck you. This is this is what I'm bringing to the table. And you can make a choice based on that. And I'm coming with love and respect and kindness and vulnerability and all those things. But I'm also going to be fucking honest. And I think I do think that's that is part of it because um, authenticity begets trust. And and you will call anybody out, right? Obviously, you have a point of view, but you will call out your friends. You will call out your family. You will call out and people will call me out. That's exactly right. And I'm and I'm open to it when it's people again, right? That I love and trust and respect that have shown me what I've shown them. Because then, going back to your point, it becomes about the the learning and the unlearning exactly but the reason why i'm open to it is because of it's be it's because of all those other pillars of just like humanity coming out of a person and so when when we talk about sort of our first pillar for this episode which is architecting unlearning you know the the foundation of of everything sort of becomes your it's your personal narrative yeah right so we just use me as an example of like how i think about myself and how i think about other people and that's where i come from and it doesn't it's not a turn on for everyone right but it is but it is what it is and and it's what i carry with me and it's something that i'm always working on and I think where we get into trouble is people who um, their narratives are black and white and rigid, right? Yes. And so two points on that. Okay. One is we'll use the narrative thing, very similar to our discussion last week when yes. about disrupting the disrupting narrative. Right? Narr- this is exactly it. Right. So I do believe that, that your narrative informs your beliefs and those beliefs inform your behaviors, and those behaviors inform your act, uh, your actions. So, yeah. if your narrative is black and white and rigid, your actions will never change. There's no space for them to change, right? right? It has to be, you know, um, fluid. And I think and that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, you know, really, when you're when you have those quiet moments, whether you're journaling or driving in the car or on a run or on a walk, whatever it might be, like really try to crystallize what your why is not to overuse that but i think about one of the first breakfasts we ever had and i asked you what success looked like hmm. right? and your answer i remember that we were in we were at like johnny's and newton that's, or whatever right that's correct do you remember what the answer was no success for you was being able to inspire people no shit that's what i said that's what you said Right. It wasn't it wasn't wealth. It wasn't like any material thing. It was about like lifting others up. And and that has never shifted. Right. So like your authenticity and how you show up and the fact that you can self-reflect and admit your errors and bring people in. It's because like that is the core narrative. It it informs everything you do. And you don't necessarily even think about it because you don't even know what your answer was. I literally don't think about it. it. But it is it is core to who you are. And I think that's the real important aspect that if there's one thing that people can can really take away, if you're sure of that and you also kind of lean into the fact that we are all human beings, we're all truly here, right, to make the world and everything in it better and we will benefit from that as well, then everything else starts to click. And yes, things are still going to get shitty and conversations are still going to be hard. But if that is your why, or whatever your why is, if you can, you know, link into that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, there is no sorry. That was, that was wonderful. And it's still just like noodling around in my brain and body and in my heart. Your inner narrative is going to inform your unlearning. Yes. To simplify. Yeah. Your inner is, narrative is, is going to inform your unlearning. That is exactly true. I don't even know if we need to add to that. No, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I think 
if everyone can just um, recognize that truth. And if people don't believe that's the truth, and I'd love to have a conversation, but I, I do think it crystallizes down to that. Yeah, yeah. So next up, we have this idea of the individual versus the system. I think that when we are, when we are engaging each other, and so, so to reset the context, right, you... Um, you're bi- we, we're calling it critical conversations, but you're basically how to be human with other humans, right? We could, li- we could name it that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe we'll call the episode how to be human with other humans. Um, but recognizing that we are all living in this patriarchal, capitalist, white supremacist system. And furthermore, within that system, we've been taught things about class and caste and privilege and power based on skin color, gender, and many, many other things, right? But I'm going to put skin color and gender at the top of that. You could also put ability at the top because how we treat people. Yep. That said, a lot of the times we will point fingers at the individuals versus working to dismantle the system that's really holding us all hostage from being able to be better humans with other humans. You, and, you know, the, the interesting nuance there, right, because there's two ways we can think about this, right, that we're all personally accountable and, right. And we are, that. right? I'm not saying uh, that we're not, right? Okay, 100%. You got me. Okay. I got you. On the flip side, if you think about, like, how we exist in, in society, oftentimes we defer our power to the people in power. So, you know, I'm well, going to let... Well, the people in power don't know what the fuck they're doing. Well, and I guess this is the point, right? So, like, even if I think about, you know, in work or in corporate spaces and there's a problem and, you know, everyone likes to escalate up the management chain and management's going to figure it out Instead and solve of, God it. forbid, having a conversation with ha- the well, person th- you have a problem with. Th- have a conversation with the person you yes, have a problem with. Right. Or even have a conversation with management because if you're going to dismantle the structures... Yes. It, it requires a dialogue. It might it be requires, a both and. Yes, right? But I think that's that is the that's the connection. Yeah. Right? It isn't just about challenging your own narrative. Yeah. It's how do you get people or inspire people and provoke people to challenge their own. Challenge their own narrative and then challenge, you know, okay, so I kind of think this is a stupid, stupid analogy, but this is how I see it in my brain. I love your analogies, baby. <laughs> Go. No one, no one does. Um, you go to a restaurant... You order a steak, rare, it comes to you medium well, right? You yell at your waiter. Your waiter didn't cook the steak, right? It's kind of like, it's kind of, it feels like that sometimes. Is that like we're yelling at each other, to each other, or we're avoiding each other, or we're ghosting each other. Like the the human to human part of it has gotten really weird and social media makes it weird and email makes it weird and text makes it weird and we we're we're getting really bad at the human part and then we're also not doing the systemic part right and so what's what is what is happening yeah right we we need and people already do this so i'm not suggesting that no one's doing this but like on a larger scale you know, the folks who are really uh, advocating, right, for paid leave, for, you know, like, ban on assault weapons, like, these sorts of things, right? Um, Hair discrimination, I mean, like, you name it. We need more people 
who are willing to do that, who are willing to challenge like the big guys, the big systems, the people in power, who are willing to vote folks out and grassroots efforts and all of these things that we hear that sound so great, but then at the end of the day, a lot of folks just don't put effort into. We need the dismantling of the systems. I... I uh, I completely agree with you. Like there, there's so many things you're saying tonight that have like that are just bringing me down rabbit holes. <laughs> uh, um, and in this particular case, so I'll, I'll, we'll use the analogy. So the state comes incorrectly. Yeah. Ninety percent of the people will do what? Nothing. Really? Yeah, I think like what uh, I, what because m- I worked in a restaurant, and I am <coughs> telling you. Not everybody is mean, but I would say 90% of the people do not do nothing. They say something. So here, here we might, and 90% might be, might be too 90% high. 90% is too high. What I would say is I would think the majority of the people, more than 50% of the people, would complain to their table, their spouse, their... Ooh, you know what? Right? But know they what? won't... You know what? It depends on how egregious it is. Huh. So this is, you just went where exactly, you just went exactly where I was going to go, right? So if it's like two degrees to the left, you're going to have a conversation at the table. You might not be happy, but you're not going to challenge the waiter or waitress because, because. Because it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And it's an uncomfortable conversation and people don't like discomfort. Right. Right. But if it's egregious. If you ask for rare and it comes medium well. Or it comes fucking burnt, right? (laughs) You're going to say something. But the difference is, as as frustrated as you can be, if you recognize that the individual, the server, was not the individual who cooked your steak, you can have a conversation with the server. This is not done. Well, I ordered rare. And nine times out of ten, the server isn't going to take offense. They're going to go and correct the problem. Yeah. Right? And I think that's... That's the thing when you talk about humanity, you can have a conversation and mm-hmm. express your displeasure mm-hmm. and and things like can land yeah. and have an opportunity to be solved. But when, when people just react with visceral anger all the time, then you're gonna because get visceral of their anger back. Narrative yes. that they're holding on to. Yes. And you are not threatening who they are, but they feel like you're threatening who they are. It's when when you were when you were just saying that it's it's also like it's also the recognition of you know this the server is literally just bringing you your food, right? That's what they're paid to do. Essentially, you boil their job down. They're fucking carrying a plate from the kitchen to your table, right? I did it for years, okay? There's, like, all these other things going on in the background. So, like, the same thing with a person. It's, like, the person in front of you very well may be doing the best that they can with the tools that they have. And there are things that you cannot see that you have no idea, right? Like, what they're, what they're going through, where they came from, Did they grow up poor? You know, are they, do they have a disability that you cannot see? Did, right, like the list can go on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. And so that's why I think that a part of challenging, you know, part of challenging the system is helping to, is helping your humanity person to person, your interpersonal connections, because you're breaking down more of the barriers that keep people oppressed whether that's, you know, sort of racially or whatever, or also maybe that's just like people who don't have access to mental health services, like anything. Yep. Yep. And, and we know that um, there are just so many places where folks fall through the cracks while our legislator, legislators are fucking playing with their dicks trying to figure out if people are allowed to have abortions or not. Like, get the fuck out of here. You still have people dying from COVID. Like, hi, hello. What are you doing? And why are you getting paid? 
certainly why do you make more money than me? Because I have better ideas than you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just... (laughs) Hi, I'm I'm completely sober having this conversation. I just want you to know that. Um, But do you know what I mean? Like, it just... So again, to recap, you have one challenging your inner narrative so that you can unlearn. And then the second would be challenging the system so that your interpersonal relationships have a chance to change. Right. Because like, you know, going back to everything, whether you're at work, whether you're in society, they work because the people themselves can find a way to activate and drive whatever change you're looking to drive. Yeah. We're wired to just, you know, pay attention to the hierarchy and act. And what we've kind of learned over time is obviously that has some suboptimal traits. The, the, the best hierarchy is fucked up. Right. The people who are at the top are not always the smartest. They're not the fucking best and brightest. They didn't like... You know, can, can I give you an example? I, not to pivot it, but like the, no, it's, a, it's a perfect go. example of how capitalism and hierarchy and the system short wires people's innate ability to do what's right. So this past week, okay, um, there was a child that was a, the a child is found. There was a child that was abducted um, oh in a driveway. Mom got out, brought one kid in, went to get the next kid. Person came, beat her up took away the kid in the car. Oh, my God. It was a Volkswagen. The police immediately called Volkswagen and said, activate like the in-car GPS. The person on the phone said, I'm sorry, the subscription expired. I cannot do it (gasps) unless you pay. Long story short, even though the detective said, here's the situation, we're trying to save a child, the answer was no. They had to pay in order for the subscription to be activated because that is the corporate policy. That is why your That's point. exactly it. That's exactly it. Oh, my God. Like the hairs are standing up on my arm. The fact that somebody would hesitate to do what's right for the sake of following the rules Is exactly why we're doing this episode. That is exactly it. <gasps> okay. Can we just go to number three? Sure. I would love to. Because now I don't want to be sober anymore after hearing that. I'm sorry, baby. Um, okay. Curiosity and interrogation over sensational rhetoric. Yes. 100%. I'll give you a, and I'll give you an example here. Okay. Go. I don't know if you saw the whole Scott Adams debacle. I did not. Right. So cartoonist Dilbert. Because I don't watch the news as much as you forever, do. Been around forever. Whole thing. Yes, I know Dilbert. Um, so effectively, for all intents and purposes, he forced his kind of own cancellation because he reacted poorly to a Rasmussen survey. Two pieces of this, right? The the His reaction was just stupid, right? So the survey, the claim in the survey, the tagline, the clickbait was that um, 42% of all blacks believe it's not okay to be white. And his response, oh right? His response was, then I'm done. This is a community that, like, I don't have to pay attention Wait, to anymore. Wait, so, like, what is he, what, where does he even come into it? Like, where does Dilbert even come into this survey? What did he do? (laughs) This is what's really funny. At some point in time, Scott Adams used to say that he identified as black because in his mind, he wanted to be on the winning side. Going back to this whole point. Oh, my God. Why? So so we don't have to go into that little little thing. All right. Fine. So he flipped it and he's like, I'm done. I would support this community for all of my life. I'm done supporting them. All white people should not support this community. Like, if you know anyone, and by black, this community means black, black people. people, right? So, so, done. so he got he got canceled, eviscerated. Here's the thing that is extra fucked up to me. Okay. Because his reaction was poor, but the tagline got played in a lot of circles. Forty-two percent of blacks don't think it's okay to be white. Here's the thing. This is about interrogation and curiosity. Just look at the fucking data. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. So, so two questions. 
The first question is, it's okay to be white. Do you agree or disagree with this statement? If you look at the number of white people who responded, it's okay to be white, only 67% of white people, not 100%, not 90%, only 67% of white people actually said it's okay to be white. Like 30% of the Republicans said same type of thing, which is, you know, I don't necessarily agree that it's okay to be white. Interesting. And, and I mean, the, the storyline there is something really shifted over the past three years because on what planet would a group of Republicans <laughs> or, any white, or people. any white people ever say it's not okay to be white? And on right. the flip side, the other question was, like, black people can be racist. And like 42% of the black respondents said, of course, black people of course can be racist. black people can be racist. Right, so like, that's, that's, the, that's the real Everybody story. Everybody is racist, so right. it should have been. Right, the, the real story is like, there's commonality. There's places in there you can dig in and well, find the a real, common ground. The real story, the real, real, real story is that people grab onto headlines. Yes. And headlines often uh, entrench stereotypes and continue to inform our biases not for the good. Exactly right. CRT is bad. Okay, it must be bad. Right. Explain to me what CRT is. I have no fucking idea. Right. Right. Exactly. Or you know, uh, I think it's it's one of um, one of the. I think it's from the Daily Show, right? Where they have this dude like go to like Trump rallies and just ask. Oh, he's brilliant. Ask people yes. questions and like, you just watch the Trump supporters. They're just like, well, get, get it. Uh, and it's like, exactly, exactly that. They latch onto headlines and, you know, my ex-father-in-law -father used to do it all the time. Well, Obama's just, and I'm like, oh my God, here we go. He, the, the, you the, know? The, the, the funny one he had about uh, a month or two ago, he was talking to this, this dude and talking to him about vaccines and whatnot. And the answer the dude had was, nobody should be telling people what they can do with their body. So he immediately pivoted. And it's like, well, what's your stance on abortion? And the guy, the guy like paused and, and like <laughs> knew he was stuck. He was stuck. <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly it. Right. And so, you know, the other, the other piece, what we really want you to take away from this is that like, you have to, you have to fact check. You have to investigate. You have to, look at more than one source you have to this is also why having diversity in your life matters because you, like if you for instance have a black friend even if it's me you okay there's one point of reference that can open up other point of references that would make you see something and and immediately question it yes versus just taking it for truth right or you know, it's just being, it goes back to the rigidity and the black and white thinking. You want to be open. If we are truly wired for connection, which I do believe, then we can do a little bit better in sort of how we take the time to, um, like, the way I see it in my brain is like a, unwrapping a present like each person is a gift and they deserve more than what a headline or what a stereotype says about them see i told you you had amazing analogies because i think <laughs> i i do think that's a brilliant one and, and i think the other you know nuance point you you said which is an important one is it does take time like, it takes time. It takes time. And like people don't have time, so they try to consume the headlines. People but don't want to make time. Okay. This is also the thing. This is the thing. Stop fucking scrolling. Yeah. Stop just like, you know, needing to consume as much as possible. You can, right? Like read one article. I know it's crazy, but you can just read one <laughs> and go in. Right. You can read something that catches your eye and be like, you know what? Let me like let me investigate that a little bit. You can do it while you're pooping in the morning. Right. Sit on the toilet for an extra couple of minutes and suss it out. Figure it out. 
instead of just going from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing my this is why the things that I save like my saved folder on Instagram is insane it has so many things Same. because there are things Same. that I see that I know that I don't have the time in that moment to investigate but I'm not going to repost it or I'm not going to you know send it to anybody unless I unless I know a, a fuller picture of the story yeah yeah I think I it's think not that's, fair and it's not right I think that's spot on like and it's lazy everyone needs to be kind of their own op-ed authors right yeah. like rather than just leaning into everyone else's opinions you can read them find out what people are saying find out the facts and then draw your own conclusion and then yeah. you can run with it but yeah boy there's some work to be done there's some work to be done so okay architect unlearning It's bigger than your personal responsibility. And number three, curiosity and interrogation. Those are the things we want you to take with. We could have said that like 40 minutes ago, but it wouldn't have been as fun. <laughs> we like when you figure it out in real time with us. You should see our, our notes have like seven words on them. It's like <laughs> because we <laughs> because we are really so true. We are re- like we we come together to choose a topic and to jot down a couple of notes so we sort of like not like derail too much and then we just have a conversation and and let you listen to it and hope that (laughs) hope that it doesn't sound completely stupid but maybe that's why you like us and you trust us because we're (laughs) allowing ourselves to just be dumb and figure it out yeah that's a very good point, baby. You know, in a loving, supportive Always. environment. Always. So thank you for listening to 51 minutes of us figuring out how we can be better than we were in 2020. Yes. That's what this was. This ex- That's exactly what this was. And this is why it's just so complicated because humans are so complicated. So trying to distill things down into three points it's difficult but i think i think it's a good jumping off point 100 for further investigation oh look at that hey all right now i'm tired we gotta go agreed say goodbye to everybody bye everyone (laughs) have an amazing week Bye. bye